0: today with my friend, Charlotte Thomason, and we are going to be talking about Charlotte's latest book, Light in the Darkness, which is a devotional for trauma survivors. So if you have watched my channel before, you, I'm sure you know who Charlotte is. Um, she is someone I kind of started in this life's journey. Uh, streaming journey with. And uh, if you're joining us here from one of Charlotte's channels, uh, welcome. I'm glad you could join us today. So Charlotte, would you like to um, introduce yourself and uh, share a little bit about who you are and uh, what this book is and uh, why you wrote it?
1: Okay. Yeah. So um, I, uh, I am a retired social worker. I have a master's degree in uh, social work from the University of Texas at Austin. I have a Master of Arts degree in Cultural Apologetics from, uh, Houston Christian University, and uh, I worked in the field of social work, particularly in child abuse and neglect for over 35 years, and, uh, I'm also a survivor of childhood trauma, uh, and, uh, I, uh, Thank you again, Carla, for having me on here today. I'm very excited about this. We have done, had quite an adventure as far as uh, the live stream, and uh, I'm just so thankful that you are in my life uh, and that you have uh, taken time to interview me today about my book. So um, Light in the Darkness is actually... Uh, of the result of part of my healing process, but I also uh, wanted to share some daily devotionals that I have shared over the years with a dear friend of mine, Cheryl Luke, who uh, is uh, a mentor, a, best, a, a very close friend. Uh, we share things daily with each other. She is my confidant, many, many times in my life. She has been there. I know I can call on her for support and prayer. All I have to do is send her a text, and I know that she is there, and she has so touched my life over the years. And about four years ago, uh, she was going through a rather difficult time, and I decided that I was going to start sending her a scripture with a little bit of a devotional every day to just help get her through that season. And that has never stopped. I continue to do that every day. And the devotionals that are in Light in the Darkness come directly from those daily devotionals that I sent to Cheryl. But also one of the things that I have done over the last four years is I started posting a daily devotional on across all of my social media with with a scripture and then just a little statement and I have gotten so much feedback from people who have t- told me that that really ministered to them and so I put together this book for a couple of reasons one I wanted to to share hope with trauma survivors because trauma survivors and really the book can be helpful to anyone, but trauma survivors often have difficulty connecting with God and, and understanding how God could allow certain things to happen and continue to happen. So I wanted to, uh, write something that was very simple, but, uh, could, uh, be helpful to those individuals and giving them some very concrete yet simple tools to maybe on a daily basis connect to God. Uh, and with my thoughts on that and how I was able to do it, and they're very short, but each devotional also includes a page for reflection where I ask a question that makes that applies what the devotional said. And then there's also space for uh, prayer to actually ask God or thank God for certain things. And so it really gets uh, the individuals out of uh, just thinking about being in the recovery process and helps them think outside of themselves and hopefully will give them a little bit of hope. So that's kind of an overview of me and what the book is about.
0: It's sorry, we had a, we're doing a new layout and I didn't couldn't quite get the uh, the book down in time. So there were a couple of things that you were talking about, um, like some thoughts that came to my mind. Um, you're talking about how you had, this actually started out of um, devotionals that you wrote for a friend. And um, I, I think sometimes we underestimate how important um, friends are, you know, in our faith, especially in the US, I think we have kind of more of an individualistic faith. We say, Oh, it's just me and Jesus, you know. And so I don't I think a lot of times we don't um uh unless if you've really um been in a good group and um really practiced it, I I think we underestimate how important it is um, to be in community with other people and be in fellowship with other people, and have people that are able to help you through, walk through you with it, um, or walk through it with you. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that.
1: Yeah, friendship and connections are so important uh, for everyone, but particularly I think if you're struggling with something, or you're in recovery, or you're in the healing process from trauma having a close group of people that you can reach out to and you know, they're going to be there for you, no matter what you, what happens, whether you've had a relapse or you're just struggling or you even want even just to share successes and victories with it's Mm -hmm. so important to the healing process. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We, um, I sent Charlotte a list of questions. These normally go, like we have like an overview of what we're going to talk about and then it just kind of goes where it goes. But, um, Charlotte is like one of the people that I call like when I have meltdown, she talks me down off the ledge sometimes and uh, gives me some good advice. And uh, she, uh, uh, I've been helping um, some Afghan Christians who evacuated to Pakistan last year, uh, starting in October, this this all started, but um, it's been so interesting to see um, how they how they understand their faith you know because mm-hmm. they're they became christians in a country where they're really um it, it, it's even before the taliban took over in 2021 they were still at risk as christians right they would mm-hmm. still we're still at risk as for persecution as Christians, particularly a lot of the people that I'm affili- um, associated with because they're minorities, ethnic minorities. And um, so we've had to have a lot of discussions about some things that I, I just kind of take for granted, like how right. do you observe at Easter? Because some of them just became, they were kind of secret Christians and literally just meeting with a couple of people you know, and Mm -hmm. having to be so cautious about who they associate with and interact with. But there's a huge difference. I mean, this is, I think this part of what's really highlighted this to me is seeing the difference between the people who are isolated and alone and who aren't connected in community and people who, you know, they're in a bad situation. It's it's not a good situation for anybody, but I, it, it, the difference between the people who are isolated and the people right. who are in a community is so stark. It's like it's 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 unbelievable the difference that it, right. that it makes. Exactly.
1: Yeah, it makes so much difference. And I think a lot of times I know for me, when I was uh, early in my healing process, I I did isolate sometimes. And because I felt like that I had I wasn't worthy i guess of having of connecting with people and i was also very afraid of being judged so Mm -hmm. because of some of the things that i was doing um and so i would isolate but i fortunately even in those early days i had several friends who would reach out to me and they would not allow me to isolate and they would check on me and and i think that is also important that you have people in your life that are connected enough to you and you are to them that they're going to check on you if they don't hear from you or if they you don't respond to their text messages or those kinds of things because that is what keeps us connected to each other. And, you know, kind of tying that into what the devotional is about, that's really the, one of the purposes of writing this devotional was to help people not isolate from God. Because it's so easy to do that when things have gone wrong in your life or when you're really struggling. And because you do feel like God maybe is going to judge you or he can't forgive you or he can't possibly love you because that's how I felt. And Mm -hmm. I just remember so many times throughout my healing process where I would just cry out to God and I would think that, you know, you can't possibly love me. And just having certain, even in the early days, I had scriptures that I would say, I had scriptures that friends would send to me. And that is just such a powerful reminder of how important that connection to God is. And so the devotional is really very a concrete, simple way of having that daily connection with God and reminding yourself because the the devotionals are, are about uh, hope and joy and love and peace. And those are topics that are hard when you're going through recovery or when you're uh, healing from trauma because those are sometimes foreign topics to you and you don't even remember that they exist. And so my, my hope is that people will read the devotional and be able on some level to reconnect with God because it's not just reading it's also being interactive because I ask questions on you know how do you see this happening in your life or when has God done this or you know so it it gets gets you thinking about your connection to God and even if you're struggling with whether he even cares or if He even exists I think that the, the way that the devotional is written will at least give you A little bit of hope and moving in the direction of okay well maybe you know he is there and he does care so it's just really trying to get people no matter where they are in the healing process to know that there is a very simple tool it's a tool really to Mm -hmm. keep that connection with god because even if you don't have i mean there's been so many times in my life where i've been in a really tough spot and i will text a certain friend and And they don't respond because, you know, things are going on in their life. And I don't despair in that. But I am like, so I keep going down the list and nobody responds. And then I finally sit and, you know, and think, oh, well, God's here, right? He never is not there. And so I'll sit and I'll read a scripture or I'll read a devotional. And, you know, I start my day every day reading a couple of devotionals. And I send out, I post a uh Morning meditation every single day because that's I know that the best way to begin my day is in communication with God, no matter how I'm feeling. Because sometimes I really honestly don't want to do it, but I do it anyway, and I think that's sometimes what's important. And so, light in the darkness is really a, a way of helping people do that in a real simple way. So, yeah, yeah, I uh,
0: so Charlotte does um. Quarterly uh, workshops on her channel at Charlotte Thomason, and uh, the last one was equipped to thrive. And what did you say? What's the next one coming up in in June? It's
1: equipped equipped for the summer. Equipped it's the for the summer.
0: One. Okay. Yeah. And she she always tells me, oh, you need a journal because like sometimes this is, this is a story. We're we're totally going off our, our script, but um, I. I, help, I was a virtual host for her workshop in, uh, or her conference in uh, September. And um, I was thinking, I'm just helping, I'm helping, helping her out, you know. And then we, as we're going through it, I'm like, okay, well, maybe, maybe I needed this more than I thought I did. <laughs> maybe there's more stuff that I need to work through. And there have just been things that have been coming up lately and the issues that I thought I had dealt with. And Charlotte's like, you need to journal. I'm like, I can't, I can't, I don't know. I can't do it. But, you know, having a devotional like this is like, it kind of helps guide that process. If you have yeah. difficulties like me, like, I mean, I don't have problems doing devotionals myself. Like I <clears throat> do the Bible and I have have thoughts, you know, but sometimes um, it might be helpful to have thoughts guided in a particular yeah. way. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, and that's, and that's really a good point because a lot of people, I know, a lot of people read devotionals and and that's excellent but what I wanted to do was to add the additional component to apply it to make it applicable to your day and to not do. it's kind of like you know you connect with God you read the scripture you read the little thoughts that I write but then so what right how does that Mm -hmm. apply to your day how does that apply to your life and so it, it it takes it to a different level and allows you then to do some introspection, it, you know, none of the questions are like super deep. At least I don't think they are. I mean, you read them. I don't know. They're, I mean, they're kind of deep, but they're not, you know, not complicated. they're just, no, they're not complicated. They're very simple. And it, the, the idea is to just give you, you know, one of the things that we did in, in one of the courses in, at the, at H HCU is, uh, in one of the courses I had, one of the assignments was to have a 20-minute period of silence and then to write a reflection on that. And that was, uh, it was revealing. I mean, I used to do that all the time, but I had not done it in years. And it was very uh, informative because it really helped me see that some, especially in, in the culture that we're in right now, we're just so busy. We get input all the time. And we don't take time to just be still and to Mm -hmm. listen to God, to listen to that still small voice. And so for me, that experience really taught me that I do need to be still and I do need to have moments where I'm just listening. And so I've really tried to do that in two or three times a week. I will have 15 minutes where I'm just still. I turn off my phone. I, you know, I don't have music going nothing. I'm just sitting. And it is hard. It is so difficult because I want to sit there and pray and ask God for this, ask God for that. And, you know, I kind of feel in my, in my heart that he's saying, hush and listen, because he just wants to, and sometimes, you know, I don't really, I don't really hear a verbal thing, but I have thoughts. I have insights. I have, uh, a sense of peace and calm because I am sitting in his presence and I'm not just engaging with him in a verbal conversation which and so I think part of what I want to do with this devotional is to give people uh, maybe little prompts I guess for those times right as they sit with God is that you know to just be still and to Pay attention to whatever the devotional, however it speaks to you. And I think that's so important in our, in our, you know, society and our culture today of immediate gratification where we want something right now and we can't wait. And it really teaches us that patience and that calm. And so that's part of what I really want to happen for the people that, that get to, that purchase the devotional and read it. So.
0: Yeah. The other thing too, I think in our culture is that we're, there's so much stimulation yes, and so much distraction. And so not only does it block, like it, it kind of blocks you off from God because you don't have a time to sit and be still um, and really hear. Right. But um, also I think it blocks you off from yourself. And so mm-hmm. if you're not, you know, a lot of times we try to distract rather than looking at things with um, uh, that are issues that need to be addressed. So if we don't, Mm -hmm. if we're not ever really in tune with ourselves either, we're not going to be aware of or identify those red flags. Uh, C.S. Lewis um, talks about, uh, I can't remember if this is in meditations and tool tool shed or not, but he said one of the fastest ways to um, overcome like an issue or an emotion or some sort of vice is to really examine it and look at it and say, okay, well, why, why do I do this? You know, what is, what is the emotion behind this? And really like looking at that thing. Um, Cause sometimes we just, I think we react and not realize mm-hmm. it like, Oh, this is just me. No, you're, there's a stimulus that you're responding to and right, so do we exactly. need to adjust that? And like even, I think the biggest thing for me, um, really in identifying manipulation and abusive behavior was recognizing how it makes me feel because yes. I have to like thinking through something I I was in a coaching program one time and they said you're a ruminator you have to like think through things and so in the moment like if somebody's immediately I have to it may take like 24 48 hours before mentally logically I think through oh yeah that wasn't appropriate behavior way past it but i know how i feel in that moment and that can exactly. help me you know yeah. like like okay set some boundaries
1: to that yeah yes
0: <laughs> yes
1: yes well you know the thing is what you're talking about is actually you know you said you the journaling thing didn't really work for you but you just kind of described it you just did it yeah you did you did yeah you just did so because that's exactly what it is and uh you know it's really about kind of just getting in tune with you know you know your feelings are off so then the next step is to okay why what happened Mm -hmm. that caused that and then you know and that's a whole nother conversation but you know i just think that it's important to have some to have as many tools as you can to get you through those moments. And, you know, this devotional is obviously not, you know, a cure-all for, for anything. It is certainly not that. But it is a tool, hopefully, that people can, can get and read and have another way of reconnecting to God and maybe thinking about their relationship with Him and doing it on a daily basis. Now, there's only 25 devotionals, uh, and it's four weeks of devotionals with, uh, six days and there's each week is has a theme. And, uh, but it is, uh, you can go back and repeat them because, you know, life, mm-hmm. life does that. And it, like I said, it is, it is specifically geared to trauma survivors because there is a uniqueness in some ways about their connection, our connection to God. But anyone could really benefit from, uh, from the, devotionals because we all I think struggle at times with our connection to God and and that's really what it's about is really reconnecting and seeing how God through his through the scriptures helps us learn about love hope peace and joy And, and because those are like the four elements that I think are the most critical in our relationship with God so yeah
0: yeah I um before we go on to our scheduled questions um one of the things I think that, um, you know, what you just said, you know, these, these, having these emotions, this, this, uh, it's a state of being, you know, as we're going through life, and it doesn't have to be, it's not dependent on circumstances. And that is the point of, you know, Jesus coming in, you know, uh, dying on the cross for us and walking you know, living fully as human and walking through this human experience and taking on and experiencing everything that we do. It's so that he could enable us to have victory over those things that are keeping us from that experience, from being joyful, from Mm -hmm. having hope, from living, you know, being in relationship with other people. It's for, I think, Um, you know, we look at uh, eternity and think that that's, that was the whole point. The the whole point is, you know, being God's imagers here on earth, like it's so we can live a life that we can be in joy, that we can enjoy, you know, because, you know, God, uh, John 10, 10, the enemy does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's for today. It's yep. for now. Yes, yes. So um, in week one, the theme is hope. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a quote that, um, that from that passage. And it's um, talking about oh shoot i went too far on my slides let's see two okay hope is a feeling not something tangible but a feeling you can't touch it wrap it up and put a bow on it but you can experience it hope allows you to look toward the future rather than staying stuck in the past a feeling of desire and an expectation for something to happen opens the door to looking forward instead of backwards and, um, you had, um, in, in order for thing to have hope, you have to know and believe that things can be different, Yeah, that things can change. Or at least, to well, about? yeah, I think
1: for me, especially when I was a child and things were so bad because the, uh, abuse that I sustained it was or endured was just horrendous and it was from multiple perpetrators it was sexual physical spiritual emotional and Yeah uh, Beyond what most people can imagine actually and so in the midst of that uh, I always maintained my f- faith in Jesus and he was an important part of my life and I would often go to him and uh talk to him and when I dissociated I would go to his arms and so that my faith never really diminished I mean I got angry at him and wondered why he was allowing it to continue but the I had hope because uh of my faith and the hope was not so much that everything would end but the hope was it just gave me a hope of the- possibility that something would be better in the, in the future, and so it's not always uh an assurance i mean it is an assurance in a way that some that I just had hope that things could be better right and I, and i was and that sustained me so many times throughout my life it sustained me in my healing because I had hope I had hope that you know okay, I know that this isn't. The ultimate plan and i know how i feel when i i connect with jesus i know how i feel when when i'm in his arms and so i know that there is something better and that gave me the courage to to survive really and so uh that's you know hope is not something tangible it's a feeling and it really is knowing a or having a sense and assurance that, uh, there is a better future. There is something better down the road and you may not see it. You may not feel it. And in the moment you may not believe it, but if you can hang on to that hope, then that's what's going to keep you moving forward. Instead of just looking at all the bad things that have happened to you or that are happening to you, it will help you then, uh, continue to move forward rather than staying stuck
0: oh yeah sorry I added myself back in here so um, yeah it's I think that is uh, you know Jesus himself like when he came he was a way that he could give us give hope right because he came and um, you know he lived as he lives, lived as someone who lived fully, um, mm-hmm. staying connected with God, staying connected with other people. And he had hope in the final vindication Right from God, right? Mm-hmm. And he, didn't, he did not overthrow the, the Roman government. He did not, um, you know, in, in his, uh, it wasn't like Pilate got taken down and Jesus was put up. But the, the plan was different, but it was a better plan than um, most of his followers were expecting, right? They had no exactly. idea. Exactly. They had no idea what was coming. Right. But um, I think that that is, you know, there's so much in the world that is um, hard situations, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. that we want to um, just be fixed. Mm-hmm. But even even in the badness, like in the end, there can be good. I think Mm -hmm. that's, well, and I think
1: part of that is, I think that's really important because I think part of, uh, I think you brought up a good point in that, you know, the outcome is not always what we expect because Mm -hmm. in our humanness, we have this idea of how things should go, right? At least from our perspective, but God has, has a plan and he's his plan is going to be the one that is carried out and it may not look exactly like we think it should, but it is his plan. And I think as it's important as that as you're struggling or as you're healing that you take the time to get connected and to renew your hope and to be able to. Uh, literally tell yourself, you know, this may not be, this isn't what I expected, but I'm going to trust that this is what you want for me and that you're going to get me through it. And that's hard, but again, the um, devotionals in that first week on hope address that very issue and give you some food for thought in processing that.
0: Yeah, I uh, I have to relate everything to the Afghan situation because that has just been a, so much part of my life right now, but um, it's it, again, it's like seeing people in different situations, you mm-hmm. know, and some of them, n- no connection, not really seeing, just not seeing any movement in their own situation. And it, it is like, not seeing a way out, mm-hmm. and how things can get any better. And it's hard to have hope in those situations. But again, going back to, um, you know, when you're in community, and you can see people moving through it, Mm -hmm. then you can believe, okay, well, maybe this will happen for me too.
1: Yeah. And I think that's part of, you know, that is actually a big part of what I do with my life right now, because, you know, I've uh, been doing this for a very long time, you know, and I first started uh, my healing process when I was 34 and that was almost 40 years ago. And, you know, so I've, I probably experienced, uh, pretty much what most pe- anyone who is struggling right now has. And I know how hard it is and I know how difficult it is and how much pain is there. And in, in no way am I trying to minimize that and say, Oh, it's all going to be fun and glorious. Because even now, you know, I still have moments when I struggle. I have moments when certain events will, will trigger. Emotions, or I'll be tempted to act out in a certain way. And I still may. So, what I share in the devotional and also in my memoir is my journey of how I develop the things I need to stay hopeful, I guess. Uh, Mm -hmm. And to even in the midst of all of that, and that I, I, my biggest, I think, desire is to share my experiences and. In order to give others hope that are where I was, you know, 30, 40 years ago, and to maybe help them not have to go through as much of a struggle as, as I did because I didn't necessarily have that. And I had people around me, I had good care, but, you know, it was in the 80s and 90s and a lot, we didn't know a lot. Post traumatic stress disorder was brand new, people really didn't understand it. It was mostly dealt with, with Vietnam War veterans and, mm-hmm. you know, the whole concept of PTSD for sexual abuse or any kind of other trauma was really an unknown thing. And so it was really difficult in that community to have anyone that really understood or could help me through that process. And so I really want to be able to share Through what I've learned in my education and in my own experience to help others, uh, have a better journey, actually, a less difficult journey. And, you know, nothing, not every, everything that I suggest or that I talk about is, is for everyone, but, I just, you know, I am on my YouTube channel and in the the workshops that I do and and in my memoir and in this devotional, my central theme is really giving people hope. I think and that there is a better. There is there is hope that things will get better. And you know, I'm a living proof of that because I'm live a very content life right now and I uh, enjoy life and you know, I haven't experienced what I would call any major uh, emotional or mental health issues in in decades, literally in decades. And uh, so I just, and I was in bad shape. And, you know, you can buy my, or get, well, read my fine. memoir to find that out. But yeah, it was, it was bad. And I just really want uh people to know that and to understand through my experience that there is hope you can get through it
0: yeah this is uh charlotte's memoir came out was it two years ago now
1: yes it was two Two years years ago. ago now
0: what kind of love is this finding god in the darkness this is um an account of her uh her um experiences growing up um and um when you read it, uh, I would just say, I, I was a beta reader on, on the book and uh, I I had to take breaks um, reading it. Um, and I don't know if it was, uh, because I know Charlotte and um, personally, and you know that personal connection, and I don't know if that upset me more about it, but I, I think, I do know that when I sent it to my mom, she said, um, she had to take breaks too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. it was a little, um, but it's it's good to read it because then you can see that was then. This is now. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: So, as bad as it was, as bad as what she went through, I know there's a lot of people with some very um, and been through a lot of extreme things. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, we won't get into specifics. But Charlotte's shared with me that, um, there are some things that as bad as some of the things are in that book, there's some that are even worse that she didn't include. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah. it, if she can, she can be here and be telling her story today, it, you can, you, can too. you yeah. can too. Yeah.
1: And I think, you know, what's important just as a caveat for the book. For the memoir is I really did not go into graphic detail with the abuse. I mean, you know what happened. It's very apparent what happened, but I wrote it from view through the lens of however, whatever age I was during any particular incident. And, and the, the thread through it uh, is how my faith sustain me and how God was a constant presence in my life even though I really couldn't understand why he loved me or that he loved me and I think that was you know that was so critical to my healing and I uh but I did not want it to I mean it it can be triggering to people just because you know what's happening or what has happened but I do not describe the abuse in graphic detail at all and uh, that was intentional because I didn't want the focus to be on that. I wanted the focus to be on my journey to healing. So I do want to say that because uh, I know there's several a lot of books out there that are about abuse, and the descriptions are very, very graphic. And most of those I can't read. So, uh, yeah. yeah.
0: So, so um, one other thing that we're going to talk about is how important it is to recognize your progress while you're in the middle of the process because healing isn't overnight exactly. and there's stages and there's kind of a rhythm to it but um she charlotte had a um, her last virtual event equipped to thrive she talked they had a segment on this um about as you're going through the process what it looks like Things to remember. So, can you uh, talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've touched on it a little bit already, but basically, you know, for me, uh, I okay, I'm gonna share this a little bit because I it's in it's in the memoir, but I think it's kind of a funny thing, and, and I think people can relate to this who are just starting in the healing process if they're geared like I am. And so when I first started into uh, healing from my childhood trauma, first I want to point out that there was several years that I literally forgot everything that had happened to me. And I didn't remember. I, I mean, my body remembered and I acted out sexually, but I didn't understand where that was coming from. And then there came a time where I did remember and the memories just started flooding. And so I started into therapy and it was about this time of year uh and well it was about it was in the first part of march i think or the end of february somewhere around in there and i uh i said uh okay well i'm going to be done by easter that was my idea that it was going to take two months or so and i would be fine and i really said that to my therapist and she just looked at me like i'd was really crazy and because that's just not going to happen i said no 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 it will it will it will happen and the result of that was is i pushed myself way too hard and i forced memories i i it ended up where i was non-functional and i ended up in a psychiatric hospital and then in a day program and uh for a year i was in a uh outpatient day program at a a local psychiatric hospital and so in that setting I I couldn't work I went there every single day and I was able to do things that I hadn't done in a while my focus was I mean we did crafts and art and I love that I love that but I had been so focused on just all the mess that I wasn't even allowing myself to do that and uh, so I say that that even in that stage of healing i could look at i mean at the moment i probably didn't really realize that but looking back i could uh i was that was good for me because it allowed me to uh activate a different part of my brain that i hadn't been using it allowed me to have a break from all the trauma uh resolving the trauma and it just allowed me to kind of be a kid again in a way and so As you're healing, you have to look at the little victories. You know, for me, thriving in those early days was sometimes going a day without, with only one or two flashbacks or one or two dissociative episodes or going through a whole day without suicidal thoughts. That was progress. And so you have to celebrate those little victories so that you can give yourself credit for the work that you're doing and as you do that then you can continue to move forward where if you like you know Carla was saying she renuminates well you know that's a big part of post-traumatic stress disorder is you renumerate over everything and if you can take a break from that and, and maybe even at the end of every day or at the end of every week you can say well you know this week I had three days where I didn't I didn't dissociate or I didn't have a flashback or I was able to stop it and bring myself out of it. And so even in the early pieces of it, you can, you can find ways to celebrate that you are moving forward. And I think that's what I'm talking about is that no matter where you are in the healing process, it's important that you look at the victories and that you celebrate those victories in a healthy way that you celebrate, uh, every every milestone every little victory if you one of my biggest issues was uh, sexual addiction and i was i did i looked at porn i hooked up with guys all kinds of things and so victory for me was when i was able to not get into a chat or i was able to not go to an adult website And and that I was able to not do that. Or that when I was tempted to do that, I reached out to a friend. And so it's celebrating the things that you do well and not condemning yourself when you slip up. But when you do slip up, to reach out to someone so they can hold you accountable and help you through that struggle. Or maybe to reach out to someone before you slip and when you know you're struggling. And so as you progress, those victories get more and more frequent. And the negative behaviors get less and less. And so thriving, healing is a process. It's not something that happens overnight. And I'm here to tell you, I was not done by Easter of that year or the next year. It took several years before I was really at a place where I felt like I was fully functional again. Now I did go back to work, but I was still struggling. And You know, you just have to really be able to look at, okay, what did I do well today? And sometimes it's moment by moment because when you're in the midst of healing and flashbacks are coming, you know, 20 times a day, having them only happen 10 times a day is pretty phenomenal and it feels pretty good. And so just celebrate your progress and make sure you have somebody in your life that you can celebrate it with. You know, even just saying, Hey, I didn't do this today. And, uh, so they can say, just say, yay, you or something like that. So, and in today's, uh, smartphone era, that's really easy to do. You can just send them a text. And, you know, I didn't have that. We still have the phones on the wall with the cord. And so <laughs> there wasn't that I could call someone, but there wasn't a way to immediately reach someone and you have that today and I think that's just amazing so it is a process and even now like I said I do well yes as Carlos just said or an emoji you can send an emoji and then people know and they can respond back to you with an emoji uh and you know there's just so many ways that you can just and those things mean so much because it's immediate it's right then and you know That someone has heard you and can celebrate with you and that's again like we talked about it's about connection and uh so i just think that it's important that you do that and even now that's important to me it's important uh when i do struggle uh with emotions and with setbacks because that still happens in my life and you know i'm getting older and so my body is not cooperating in a lot of ways and I just need to have people that are going to help me when I'm struggling with that. And uh, it's still kind of hard for me to reach out, but I do have, like I said, several people that I do reach out to on a regular basis when I'm struggling. And so that's a life, it's a lifelong process. You can't ever stop having those kinds of connections and celebrating your victories because it's, uh, you know, that's going to happen until, you know, we meet Jesus again. And uh, so it's a process. You're not going to get done with this in three months or six months or a year. It's going to take time. And you have to be patient with yourself.
0: That's awesome. I am. Um, yeah, I I have to. I guess life itself is a process, right? Yes. And I have to remember that. So this is. Uh, I, I was just telling somebody the other day, I'm very project oriented. I'd like to do things and be done and uh you can't do that with life so Mm -hmm. um or you can but then you're dead so yeah Yeah,
1: exactly (laughs) yeah exactly yeah well and you have to you know healing is a lifelong process it's a lifelong journey and you are at different stages at it you know right now healing is just maintaining for me right it's maintaining what i know and so i don't slip back into those old patterns and you know i i cannot even tell you the difference in how i see life and even how I interact with people, you know, my daughter says I would, I'm kinder. So I'm going to take her at her her word because I used to not be very kind. I was a little mean on occasion. So, because I was just a mess. And so I'm not, I'm not mean now. Uh, I do have frustrating moments, but I have people that call me on that. So (laughs) it works out pretty well.
0: As you were talking, I think, um, It's important to, number one, we need to recognize uh, when people are trustworthy, uh, not have to have unrealistic expectations about other people, because everybody is human. Exactly. So recognize humans have issues, and some humans aren't the best repositories for your trust, right? Exactly. So you have to understand where they're at and um, realize that maybe because somebody holds a particular position where they should be somebody you can trust, they... Maybe not necessarily are, exactly. Um, so yeah. recognizing who it is you can trust, and then having people who have are in different um, positions and perspectives. I think it can get. Um, I mean, church is awesome. I think I kind of learned how to trust people, and especially after my divorce, you know, like in in my Bible study, you know, having people. Not that I told them all my drama, but just having people that would talking about life and their own struggles and people you pray with but if that's all you have you know then you can start putting too much dependence on that one particular group and then if something happens in that group then that can be more trauma on top of Mm -hmm. on top of it yeah
1: you have to be careful you have to you have to set boundaries on who you share things with My favorite word. Yeah. (laughs) Because boundaries are so important and you have to really work on setting healthy boundaries because, you know, one of the things that was really hard for me when I first began to have memories is I told everybody everything, all the details, and, you know, that people can't handle that. And so you have to be very careful who you share things with and be sure that they're in a place where they can heal it, hear it, and also that they're a trustworthy person that isn't going to go tell everybody or post it on social media that hey yeah. did you know that charlotte da, da 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 right now if i post it then it's okay because i've shared it and but you have to be careful too with what you share and i think that is a, another really good point to think about you know because so many people will share their most intimate secrets on social media and that is really not a good plan Because it's not a good plan. You cannot, because for one thing, you can't take it back and you don't know who's going to see it. And it's just really not, you know, private things are private and they need to stay that way and only be shared with a few people. I mean, you can share general things like I'm struggling right now. And and even so, that should be within a closed entrusted group, not just. You know, on your feed on Facebook. That's kind of yeah. like
0: no. not only that, not just like people, but they literally I mean there's AI programs that literally take all that data and use it to target you for whether it's for selling selling a product. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, yeah, we laugh about it, but how many times have we been talking about something and then we get an advertisement for oh, it on it Facebook? Is. You yeah. know, and we've just been talking about it. So yeah, it's really you you have Some to things, be smart, right?
0: You yeah, have to be is, smart yeah, and wise. General, yeah, general information. Uh, just because somebody asked for your birthday, you don't need to give it to them. Mm-mm, There's only mm-mm. certain people that need to know your birthday. Other than that, like you yeah. don't need people that you have never met before wishing you a happy birthday. Don't put your actual birthday up there. That's like social engineering. It leads straight to identity theft. I mean, people look. Well, yeah, exactly. So you've got you got it.
1: You got to be is wise.
0: Not related, but. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You got to be wise with what you share yeah. on social media. And, you know, it's just, yeah, you just have to be very careful. Not paranoid, but
0: careful, yeah. you know. But I just like, for just this is just an FYI. Sometimes when sites ask for information that they really don't need to know, I just give them fake information because I the yeah, profile exactly. that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway,
1: so it's just important to be very wisdom Use wisdom with that, and not to yeah. share all your stuff with everybody. And you know, text a friend. Don't just put it on social media. Yeah. <laughs> you know.
0: Or yeah, or see him in person too. Because yeah, exactly. See him in person.
1: Yeah. Or or call him on the phone or something because yeah. it's just yeah, it's, that's probably a number one boundary setting is watch what you share on social media. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I think that answered your question as far as the process. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. So Charlotte, um, thanks so much for coming and talking about your devotional. And, um, if you, we do have some people, um, on the live stream from your, um, your your channel so but uh if you are not already following charlotte you can uh, visit her website at charlottethomason.com and she'll have links to all of her social media profiles she's like she said she posts daily devotional she's very consistent also um if some of the things that we've been talking about as far as like the workshops that she has done um some of them are uh, you can watch on her youtube channel but she also has the workshop um, available if you would like to watch the replay. is available in the shop on her website at com. So is it, are there individual segments? Yeah. Are well, available? you can, they're
1: individual segments, but you can buy all
0: six of them as a bundle if you want.
1: Okay. So there's six sessions. Uh, and they're very, very reasonably priced because I wanted to make them available. I mean, they go from 50 cents to $3, so and I I think it's yeah yeah, I think it's ten dollars for the whole thing so very because my goal is to honor the people that participated and not just and and the people that actually purchased tickets to watch and to be there but to also make it readily available because my ultimate goal is for people to be able to benefit and it was excellent we had so many really wonderful segments with the guest speakers so yeah. yeah, and you can get that on my website. Uh, just go to the shop, and and they're available. So yeah, and, and so, they're digital, di- obviously digital. But also included in that is you can get a digital version of the workbook that we used that we gave to people as well. So
0: yeah, yeah, it's an awesome deal. Um, also, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, that uh, so you're having equipped. For the summer in June, and then you're equipped for recovery. Now, here's the thing. It's not like, I think when people say recovery, they think it's like drugs or alcohol. Exactly. It's it not, that's yeah. not what it is. It's like. No. It, that's not what it is. So No,
1: equi- um, the actual Equipped for Recovery workshop is actually a live in-person event. Uh, this year, it's going to be uh, in Southeast Houston, Santa Fe, texas area i'm not real sure exactly where it's going to be but it's going to be in this area versus in austin and basically it is for anyone who wants to to add to their toolkit of dealing with any kind of uh situation that causes them distress and i think that covers just about everybody you know it's really toolkit for managing just the stressors of life um there's a segment on boundaries, one on uh, journaling, one on self-care, one on accountability, uh, and then just a general uh, Q&A at the end. And it's interactive, and I think it's important for people to know they're not going to just come and listen to people talk because yeah. it's very interactive. There's you know a short presentation, and then there's an activity that you interact with other people uh That are attending and you actually get to practice whatever it is, whatever tool the presenter has taught you. So it's very interactive. We had a lot of good feedback from the last from last year and I'm looking forward to this year's presentation
0: and. Like I said, any Charlotte said, like anybody can benefit from it. If you have mm-hmm. not experienced trauma after what we've been through in the last three years, then I think you must be like an android or something because... <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> true. That is true. We've all had a worldwide trauma over the last few years Definitely. for sure. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, it's just very helpful. It just gives you very concrete tools and the presenters are amazing. So I'm just really excited about it again. So...
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we'll be well, sharing
1: more information about that. The tickets will go on sale probably in July. Uh and uh that'll be September 9th, I think. Maybe September 8th, whatever that Saturday is. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. But if you want to see the last one, she has a replay on her website. So, anyway, okay. Well, again, thanks for joining us. And You're
1: welcome. Thanks for having me. It was fun.
0: Yeah. yeah. And everybody go grab a copy of Charlotte's books. But Yeah. That would be thanks great. Thanks for watching.